The Great Adventure of Max Brooke by Amy Lowell. Part 5, stanzas 45 through 55. Read for LibriVox.org by Eddie Sheffield Jr. at www.eddiesheffield.com. But at the gate once more she held him close and quenched her heart again upon his lips. My sweetheart, why this terror? I propose but to be gone one hour. Evening slips away. This errand must be done. Max, Max, first goes my father, if I lose you now. She grasped him as in panic lest she drown. Softly he laughed, one hour through the town, by moonlight. There's no place for foul attacks. Dearest, be comforted, and clear that troubled brow. One hour, dear, and then no more alone. We front another day as man and wife. I shall be back almost before I'm gone, and midnight shall anoint and crown our life. Then, through the gate he passed, along the street she watched his buttons gleaming in the moon. He stopped to wave and turned the garden wall. Straight she sank down upon a mossy seat, her senses, mist encircled by a swoon, swayed to unconsciousness beneath its wreathing pall. Briskly Max walked beside the still canal. His step was firm with purpose. Not a jot he feared this meeting, nor the rancorous gall Grootfer would spit on him who marred his plot. He dreaded no man since he could protect Christine, his wife, he stopped and laughed aloud. His starved life had not fitted him for joy. It strained him to the utmost to reject even this hour with her. His heart beat loud. Damn, Grootfer, who can force my time to this employ? He laughed again. What boyish uncontrol to be so racked. Then felt his ticking watch. In half an hour Grootfer would know the whole. And he would be returned, lifting the latch of his own gate, eager to take Christine and crush her to his lips. How bare delay! He broke into a run. In front, a line of candlelight banded the cobbled street. Hilverdink's tavern. Not for many a day had he been there to take his old accustomed seat. Why, Max! Stop, Max! And out they came pell-mell, his old companions. Max, where have you been? Not drink with us? Indeed, you serve us well. How many months is it since we have seen you here? Yon, yon, you slow old doddering goat. Here's Manir Brook come back again at last. Stir your old bones to welcome him. Fie, Max, business, and after hours. Fill your throat. Here's beer or brandy. Now, boys, hold him fast. Put down your cane, dear man. What really vicious wax? They forced him to a seat and held him there, despite his anger, while the hideous joke was tossed from hand to hand. Franz poured with care a brimming glass of whiskey. Here, we've broken to a virgin barrel for you. Drink. Tut, tut, just hear him. Married? Who and when? Married and out on business. Clever spark. Which lies the likeliest? Come, Max, do think. Swollen with fury, struggling with these men, Max cursed hilarity, which must needs have a mark. Forcing himself to steadiness, he tried to quell the uproar, told them what he dared of his own life and circumstance, implied most urgent matters, time could ill be spared. In jesting mood, his comrades heard his tale and scoffed at it. He felt his anger more goaded and bursting. Cowards! Is no one loath to mock at duty? Here they called for ale and forced a pipe upon him. With an oath he shivered it to fragments on the earthen floor. Sobered a little by his violence, and by the host who begged them to be still, nor injure his good name. Max, no offense, they blurted. You may leave now if you will. One moment, Max, said Franz, we've gone too far. I ask your pardon for our foolish joke. It started in a wager ere you came. The talk somehow had fallen on drugs. A jar I brought from China, herbs the natives smoke, was with me, and I thought merely to play a game. Its properties are to induce a sleep fraught with adventure, and the flight of time is inconceivable in swiftness. 
Deep sunken in slumber, imageries sublime flatter the senses, or some fearful dream holds them enmeshed. Years passed, which on the clock are but so many seconds. We agreed that the next man who came should prove the scheme, and you were he. Jan handed you the crock, two whiffs, and then the pipe was broke, and you were freed. It is a lie, a damned infernal lie. Max Brooke was maddened now. Another jest of your befuddled wits. I know not why I am to be your butt. At my request, you'll choose among you one who'll answer for your most unseasonable mirth. Good night and goodbye, gentlemen. You'll hear from me. But Franz had caught him at the very door. It is no lie, Max Brooke, and for your plight I am to blame. Come back and we'll talk quietly. You have no business, that is why we laughed, since you had none a few minutes ago. As to your wedding, naturally we chaffed, knowing the length of time it takes to do so simple a thing like that in this slow world. Indeed, Max, t'was a dream. Forgive me, then. I'll burn the drug if you prefer. But Brooke muttered and stared. A lie. And then he hurled distraught this word at Franz. Prove it. And when it's proven, I'll believe that thing shall be your work. End of Part 5 This recording is in the public domain.